These are the tribulations of Paulette. Pumped full of decaf coffee, I lie on the exam table in the office of William Wheeler, cardiologist. I am here seeking pharmacological relief for my heart, which beats very fast. I think of probable causes for this and come up with a list of things I'll need to cut loose, like booze, marijuana, and PG Tips tea bags. Too bad I can't cut loose the extended visit of my in-laws, which would most likely eradicate the problem completely. My high school boyfriend, Ted, has a similar, though more serious, medical malady. On my way to the doctor, I call him to share my news. Get out! You've got a heart thing, too, he says, like I was just let into his club. Then he gets a little nostalgic. Let me think back now. I bet they're going to give you a Holter monitor. Yup, I say. Got one already. Next, they'll probably put you on beta blockers to control your heart rate. But I'll warn you, Paulette, those drugs slow down your metabolism, so you might end up gaining a little bit of weight. I put on like 10 pounds when I first started taking them. With my in-laws in residence, myriad hormonal issues, a dead dog, and three kids, there's no news quite like the news that I'm due for a weight gain. I make a mental note to stock up on Exlax. Dr. Wheeler was the only cardiologist on the list who was able to see me right away. I find out why as soon as I meet him. He's a fossil. He's probably 80 years old, really thin and gaunt. His teeth are widely spaced, and they look like they're made of wood. His office is on the third floor rear of a medical office building in a suburban hospital. There are no other patients there and no sign of any modern technology. He's a rogue solo practitioner, an HMO outlaw. He asks me to undress from the waist up, hands me a gown, then disappears. A few minutes later, he comes back, muttering and feeling the pockets of his lab coat. Lose something, I ask? My stethoscope, he says. I know it's around here somewhere. Bummer, I say. Well, we can start anyway. A cardiologist without a stethoscope. Just doesn't seem quite right. Then, without warning, I feel Dr. Wheeler's cool, dry hand slip beneath the surgical gown and aggressively palpate my breasts. Whoa, whoa, wait just a minute, I say. I'm here for an arrhythmia. I was hoping you could just listen to my heart. Maybe I'll have an EKG. You could give me some medication. Well, we need to be thorough, he says, and he doesn't move his hand. I am thoroughly certain that my breasts have nothing to do with my heart problem, I say. It's all part of the exam, he says, closing the gown and offering me a wan smile. Better find that stethoscope, I say, and he totters out, scratching his head and patting his pockets. I'm confused. Did this old bugger feel me up? I wonder if he smelled the moans. And where is the nurse? When Dr. Mike does an exam, there's always somebody in the room. Meanwhile, I've broken a personal record. In less than a month, two sicko strangers have seen my breasts, completely free of charge. (music) 
Dr. Wheeler may be a little odd, but he does hit the nail on the head during our consultation. Are you under undue stress, he asks. In-law visit, I say. He nods, writing in the chart. Drinking a lot of alcohol, he asks. About one a day, maybe two. Do you know what one is, he asks. Why, one is the loneliest number, I say. This is one, he says, and he holds up a Dixie cup with a red line marked on the outside. Are you having more than this? This guy has obviously never seen a Riedel wine glass. How many ounces is that, I ask? It's about four ounces, he says. I have just about uh, two of those. I hate to tell Dr. Wheeler, but four ounces of wine wouldn't take the edge off a termite. What's more, I don't know anyone in my demographic, not a single soul who calls it a day at four ounces. Hell, I can spit more than that. I perform some quick, scary math. Nightly glugging at midlife has taken on alcoholic proportions. I've slid down the slippery slope. I'm hugging the embankment. Will I have to go to AA? I picture a room full of dry drunks in a church basement, thirsting for new blood and eager to hear about all the bad things I did in the 80s, or at least those I can recall. I leave with the necessary prescription and head home with a warning from Dr. Wheeler that I may feel slightly abnormal as my body begins to adjust to the medication. Don't drive anywhere until you get used to it, he warns. And remember that Dixie cup. Back at the house, my in-laws, Ricky and Trudy, are still drinking coffee. I offer to make lunch, but Trudy reminds me that in order to stay trim, she and Ricky always skip lunch. This explains why Ricky gets in a horrific mood every day at about 2 p.m. He doesn't seem to realize that his demeanor is in any way related to his blood sugar level. Trudy, who I know is secretly hungry, gratefully accepts some black bean soup. As I'm emptying the dishwasher, Susanna and Irani, my married Brazilian lesbian cleaning ladies, let themselves in the back door. Ricky and Trudy have met Susanna many times before, but they have no knowledge of her recent marriage to Irani. While Trudy eats her soup at the counter and Ricky comes into the kitchen for more coffee, Susanna and Irani organize buckets, rubber gloves, and cleaning supplies. They speak in rapid, giggling Portuguese, occasionally slapping one another on the rear end. Ricky and Trudy, who are unused to household help, much less in married lesbian form, take it all in. The girls don't pay any attention to Ricky and Trudy. Pretending to read a New Yorker, I get a rush of excitement as Susanna opens Ricky's recently brewed coffee pot, takes a sniff, then dumps the whole business into the sink. Ricky gets really upset. That girl, she, she just poured out a whole pot of good coffee, he says, all worked up. She's just doing her job, I say. Besides, you must be done with the coffee by now. It's one o'clock. Trudy and I are going for a walk up to the mall, he says. We'll get out of your hair. Good plan, I say, chasing one of my new pills down with a Diet Coke. I use the last few minutes I have to wash Dr. Wheeler's fingerprints off of my breasts. As I'm stepping out of the shower, the landline rings. Pauline? It's Betsy Dubay. Betsy is the headmistress at our kids' school. Six years of sweat and hard work from Dave 
to pay thousands of dollars of tuition for three kids, and Betsy still can't get our names quite right. Hi, Betsy. Is everything okay? I'm nervous when the school calls. Well, um, it's your third grader. Let's see. PJ. You mean TJ. Yes, that's him. He might have eaten peanut butter. Oh, my God. Is he having a reaction? Did you call 911? No, he's in the infirmary with the nurse. Actually, he seems fine. Are you sure he's still allergic? I'll be there in 20 minutes, I say, hanging up. It's slow traffic on Hammond Pond Parkway. I drive past my in-laws, who are scaling the steps to the mall parking lot. It strikes me kind of funny, seeing them out of context and in the outside world. Ricky, or Gollum, as the kids like to call him, would look more natural on all fours, crawling up under the junipers, hugging his own embankment. I lower my window and impulsively yell out, Hey, Ricky! at the top of my lungs. <laughs> he doesn't hear me. I laugh a little bit, then I laugh a little more. I start to watch the trees going by. God, they're so beautiful. Suddenly, I feel lighthearted and free. I hear honking. Oops! Car next to me. I slow down and lower the window again. Hello, unhappy stranger. Why so angry, I ask, all aglow. You ran the red light, you ass, he yells, then guns his car ahead. Well, how about that? I'm having such a pleasant ride, I didn't even notice. I better pay more attention. Wonder why everything has gotten so psychedelic. And then I remember something about sticking around the house until your body gets used to the medication. When I get to the school, I am officially out of my mind. Wood chips float in the playground. The pavement breathes in and out as I try to negotiate my way to the door. I haven't been this high since the ELO spaceship concert in 1978. To think, I was bummed about having to give up booze and caffeine. This heart medication is the greatest thing going. I skip into the infirmary and find TJ sitting in a room on a twin bed. Ma, I almost ate peanut butter by accident, he says. I roll him around, tickling him, laughing, and very happy that he's alive to tell me this and that deadly peanuts were not, in fact, consumed. The nurse, suspicious of me, leans in and takes a good sniff of my breath as I spring TJ from the infirmary. I shake my finger at her and go to get my other kids. Somehow, I think, I'll make it home. I drive well under the influence, but the ride takes a long time because I'm so fascinated with the minutia of the road. When we get back, it's dinner time yet again. Ricky, who has resumed his post doing crossword puzzles in the den, tells me that he's really hungry. Trudy comes in to assist me with wine and cheese. I plate a beautiful creamy Latour and some nice crackers, and I open a lovely bottle of red wine for them. Two minutes later, as I'm making hamburgers, Ricky comes into the kitchen with the plate. I don't like soft cheese, Ricky says. Do you have any hard cheese? Cheese I can slice? I wish I had a live fish to throw at him. I laugh in his face. No, I say, you eat that cheese, or you have no cheese. TJ comes around the corner with Trudy. He has a paper for me to sign for school. As I'm signing it, I hear a rather noisy passive gas. Oh, TJ, I say. 
That wasn't me, Mom, he says earnestly. Ricky puts the soft cheese on the counter and pats Trudy on the shoulder. Serves you right for eating that bean soup at lunch, he says. I ought to be appalled that my mother-in-law just farted in my kitchen. Instead, I count my blessings. At last, my anxiety is medically under control. And at least one person in this house has some cheese they can cut. Yo-ho! The game's all here! This is Eric Fontana. Next time, lights out. Till then, ta ta. The sidewalks it run right after you. I take my time and drink my wine. When the trees they start to sway, six hundred miles to the future, but I have